Good morning. I just realized Joe usually gives me my cue and I was just sitting there patiently, but he isn't here today. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got confused because I run in late. I'll just sit quietly. <laughs> try this again. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and it may be that this morning I was wearing a few too many hats because I joined you late and, and threw myself off. My apologies for that. But Joe is with the um, Confirmation Group up at Lake Junaluska and will not be with us today in his place for the sermon. We have Reverend Dennis Lee, who will do a fantastic job for you all. Uh, I did want to just share the morning announcements with you. Uh, as you know, at Memorial, we strive to practice the five practices of fruitful congregations. The first of those is radical hospitality. We will have a gathering for people who um, might want to consider membership at Memorial, um, a class that will meet every Sunday in April at 10 o'clock in Joe's office, except for Easter Sunday. We will take that week off. Um, but people who would like to join that class will have an opportunity to sign up either by um, marking your roster as it comes by today, or there will be an email sent out this week with a registration. But we would love to have you join us if you'd like to learn more about our church, about the Methodist Church, and about membership. 
Um, we practice passionate worship. Bill Davis's memorial service will be here today at 2 o'clock. And um, we practice risk-taking mission and service. There will be a chili cook-off on Friday, March 17th at 6 o'clock to benefit Relay for Life. If you have a really special chili recipe, or if you think you're a really good judge of special chili recipes, be sure to ca contact Carol Johnston, and we will um, be happy to have you join us. Or just come and eat. That's also a great option for that one. That concludes the announcements. Thank you.
Let us now affirm our faith as we use the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, and he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Our first scripture reading this morning is Psalm 121, starting at the bottom of page 965, finishing up on page 966 at the top in your pew Bibles. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <coughs>
Let us now go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we've gathered here this morning to worship you and to give thanks for all that you have done for us. We acknowledge that we've not always lived as faithful followers of the gospel. So for all of our sins, we ask your pardon. May this season of Lent be one in which we renew our determination to take up our cross every day and to follow Jesus. Let us look for Christ in every person we see. May we show the same love and caring for them that you have shown to us. We know that many people are going through difficult times. We pray for those who are grieving some loss. We pray for the sick. We pray for those who are hungry and malnourished. And we pray that you would touch each one at their point of need. And also reveal to us how we can be your instruments, bringing help and hope to those in need. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord, who taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now worship as we give our tithes and offerings.
Please be seated. What are you giving up for Lent? That's a question I hear every year at the beginning of the Lenten season. It happened a couple of weeks ago when I was in the barber's chair. Uh, the barber asked me if I was giving up something, and then she proceeded to tell me what she had decided to do. If that's something you're doing, um, giving up something, or have done it some year in the past, then you know how difficult it can be. Not doing something that you really want to do is hard. Picture Jim Bob. Jim Bob decided to give up red meat for Lent. One day he went to lunch. As he was sitting down, he looked at the table next to him and there were two guys there digging into thick, juicy steaks. Jim Bob was sorely tempted. He wanted one of those steaks too. Well, when the waitress came to get Jim Bob's order, he said, give me a whale sandwich. And the waitress said, whale? We don't serve anything like that. To which Jim Bob said, well, give me a ribeye. Lord knows I tried. It's difficult to give up something you want. Actually, the season of Lent can be more than abstaining from things. It can be adding something. It might be to make a call or visit to someone who you know could use some encouragement right now. Or spending more time reading the Bible than we are accustomed to doing or doing a good deed for our neighbor or someone at work or making a special donation to a hunger project. The possibilities are wide open and maybe whatever we abstain from or add to during these six weeks will become long-lasting changes in our lives. Over the centuries, the Christian church has emphasized certain themes during Lent. Those themes are penitence, renewal, forgiveness, self-denial, giving. And then there's one other word, a word that is at the center of the scripture selected for today. And that word is sacrifice. The biblical texts are short passages. The first one is found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. Um, it's on page 1524 or thereabouts in the Pew Bibles, 1524. And I'm reading in Matthew 16 two verses. 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. And then over on page 1763 in the book of Romans, I'm reading in chapter 12, just one verse, the first verse. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Christians in the church at Rome about the new life in Christ. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as, a living, as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In that first passage, we read the words, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And in the second passage, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's clear from this scripture that following Jesus will at times include some personal sacrifice. But sacrifice is something um, we almost instinctively shy away from, do we not? So why should we do it? Why would one want to do it or be called to do it? Well, I can think of three reasons why we would respond that way. We Christians do it out of gratitude. Thankful for all that God has done for us in Christ. God loves us. God forgives us. God saves us. There's really nothing better than that. So gratitude, gratitude for what God has done for us can motivate us to risk following Christ. The second reason is love. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament teach us to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are to do for others what we would don't want done for us even if it means some personal sacrifice. So gratitude and love, these two, I believe, are perhaps the purest motives for sacrificial living. But there's one other aspect to denying ourselves and following Jesus. Jesus teaches in the Matthew passage I read that Christian sacrifice is a paradox. It's recorded this way. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. Now that's a seeming contradiction, isn't it? It doesn't make sense. But like many paradoxes, it's true. For the truth is, when we lose our life, or put it another way, when we 
give ourselves away, when we give our time, when we give our abilities, when we give our resources for the sake of others, we find life. We experience meaning. We experience purpose. We experience even joy. For God has created us that way. I came across a story a while back that I think illustrates this truth. It goes like this. Let me share it with you. Once upon a time, in the heart of a certain kingdom, there was a beautiful garden. Of all the dwellers of the garden, the most beautiful and beloved to the master of the garden was a splendid and noble bamboo. Year after year, bamboo grew yet more beautiful and gracious. He was conscious of his master's love, yet he was modest and gentle in all things. Often, when the wind came to revel in the garden, bamboo would throw aside his dignity. He would dance and sway merrily, tossing and leaping and bowing in joyous abandon. He would lead the great dance of the garden, which delighted the heart of his master. One day the master himself drew near. He looked at Bamboo with eyes of curious expectancy. And Bamboo, in a passion of love, bowed his head to the ground in a joyful greeting. The master spoke, Bamboo, I want to use you. Bamboo flung his head high in the sky in utter delight. The day of days had been growing hour by hour, the day in which he would find his completion, his destiny. And his voice came low, Master, I am ready. Use me as you want. The master's voice was grave. Bamboo, I would be obliged to take you and cut you down. A trembling of horror shook Bamboo. Cut me down? Me, whom you master, have made the most beautiful in all your garden? Cut me down? Not that. Use me for your joy, O oh master, but do not cut me down. The master's voice grew graver still. Beloved bamboo, if I do not cut you down, I cannot use you. The garden grew still. The wind held her breath. Bamboo slowly bent his proud and glorious head. And then came a whisper. Master, if you cannot use me, unless you cut me down. Then do your will and cut. The master went further. 
bamboo, I would cut your leaves and branches from you also. Bamboo responded, Master, spare me. Cut me down and lay my beauty in the dust, but would you take from me my leaves and branches also? The master said, Beloved bamboo, if I do not cut them away, I cannot use you. The sun hid her face. A butterfly that was listening glided fearfully away. Bamboo shivered in terrible expectancy, but whispered lowly, Master, cut away. Bamboo, I would divide you in two and cut out your heart, for if I do not cut so, I cannot use you. Master, then cut and divide. So the master of the garden took bamboo and cut him down and hacked off his branches and stripped his leaves and divided him in two and cut out his heart. Then lifting him gently, he carried him to where there was a spring of fresh sparkling water in the midst of the master's dry fields. Then putting down one end of broken bamboo into the spring and the other end into the water channel in his field. The master gently laid down his beloved bamboo. The spring sang welcome. The clear sparkling waters raced joyously down the channel of bamboo's torn body into the waiting fields. Then the rice was planted and the days went by. The shoots grew and then the harvest came. And in that day, Bamboo, who once was so glorious in his stately beauty, was now more glorious in his brokenness and humility. For in his brokenness, he became a channel of abundant life for his master's world. In what new ways might we be channels of God's love? How might God want to use us? Whatever those ways may be, let us remember the promise of Jesus. Whenever we give of ourselves for others, we experience life at its best. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us sing hymn 398, Jesus Calls Us.
let me express my appreciation to the handbell choir and to the adult choir for uh, their excellent leadership today. Let us go now in peace, assured that the presence of the Lord goes with us. Amen.